stupid anchor and their stupid shit. Um, <laughs> I like how we just sang their praises last episode, and this time we're like, fucking anchor. <laughs> the struggle. Uh, yeah. The struggle is real. <laughs> Technology is not our friend today. Take three. So, <laughs> take three. And this is take three after five minutes of struggling to get the last take to go because I'm technologically inept today. Welcome to episode three of Sibling Rant. Yes, I have caught the fact that I have said that as Siblings Rant the past two episodes. I know the name of it. <laughs> And I'm Bronwyn. And we're not going to go into any more detail than that, because if you don't know who we are already, then go listen to the other episodes, because who starts on episode three? The fuck's wrong with you? Seriously. (laughs) And as Andrew and I sit on Zoom to record this episode, we're reminded that our homes in Cambridge and Kitchener, situated on land that is the traditional home of the Haudenosaunee, Anishinaabe, and neutral people. We recognize and deeply appreciate their historic connection to this region. And we also recognize the contributions indigenous peoples have made in shaping and strengthening this community. We are grateful for the opportunity to create on these lands together and reaffirm our commitment to truth and reconciliation in our community. And on that note, hi, sister. Oh, hey. (laughs) Yo, it's been a fucking week. Oh my God. I'm glad. Okay, I'm glad that that's not just me, <laughs> <laughs> guys. This might be uh, a, a little a little more ranty than previous episodes, but we also thought it best to balance off the weight of last yeah. week's episode. So, I mean, don't get me wrong; the rants are real, but it it will be about far less um, serious topics this week. So, yeah. who wants to go first? <laughs> Well, I mean, so one of the uh, one of the things we were talking about was uh, while well, we were looking at like, what do we talk about this week? What are we going to central like, or at least make the theme of our episode? And uh, and you brought up the kind of the the tab that we'd put aside um, regarding how we um, both ran into to issues with the institution of our art and of our art form and how um, that has affected us negatively over the over in the past um, okay before we dive into that speaking of notes i'm going to introduce <laughs> one real quick here because my lesson this week in notes is that i need to take better notes <laughs> <laughs> because i wrote a note that literally just says florence and the machine meme i don't what the fuck content i don't know what meme i saw what context i wanted that in and i jumped to google and i typed it in hoping that would trigger something in my brain and it didn't so fuck if i know i need to be more detailed in my notes and not just write arbitrary things like this meme okay but i have to say that like writing notes in today's day where we have so many online references that have photos to them, it's really hard because we we think we're gonna remember it, right? Because if I could if I could take the stamp of the image from my brain and put it on paper, I would. <laughs> All right. And in case my editing skills are not par for the course, this is where we're picking up the podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, after oh singing Anchor's praises last week and decided that it wanted to shit the bed this week. <laughs> Anchor was like, why are you being nice to me? No, no. <laughs> right? You think we're a good app? Hold the phone. <laughs> Hold my beer. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. <laughs> uh, so we left off on the discussion of memes and the fact that it's right. ridiculous to write down and be like, I see 3,700 memes in a day. <laughs> remember what with zero context <laughs> oh my god yeah well i mean like it's just i mean your anecdote about t- about taking notes and not remembering what it was because you just wrote florence the machine meme <laughs> like the amount of times that i think of something i'm like i should write this down and then go back to it and i'm like wow this required an image that i couldn't put on paper <laughs> like it's just- which is why, like, note-taking on the computer would be better, but for my ADHD ass, like, if I take notes on the computer and then exit out of those notes, they're gone forever, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's just such a failure. This is why, like, 
Facebook memories while while terrible because it reminds me of how annoying I used to be slash maybe still am on social media. It like it it's also good for the fact that like it reminds me of like important things that I once said or shared that I can then remember, <laughs> you know, with a reminder. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I mean, at Facebook memories comes and go whether or not I feel it's it's damning or a blessing. I've definitely gone through stints where like I reread some of the shit and it's like times when my ex and I broke up or whatever and things that I wrote and I'm like, oh, cool. Thanks, Facebook. I 100% wanted to remember that fucking heartbreak. Oh, my God. Okay. This year's Facebook memories are going to be such bullshit for me because um, in 2020, I had two relationships that didn't go well. And um, I'm starting to see the memories of the first one from from January of last no. year when we were all like excited and going on our Ikea dates. And like I was driving to St. Catharines to see her and I'm like seeing them pop up now and I'm like, cool. <laughs> Those times when you part. wish you were a little less public with your socials. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's funny, every time I go, like, when I go through a breakup, I do kind of, there's part of me that's like, oh, I wish I hadn't publicized this in this way. Um, but then at the same time, there's part of me that's like, okay, but I want to be excited about these things. And I shouldn't let my, like, breakups dictate how I feel about being publicly excited about something that I want to be excited about. It's it's this, like, conflicting thing right <laughs> it, it all depends on what your emotional state is when you come yeah. across those memories yeah like yeah. like i look at them and i laugh and i'm like <laughs> you stupid idiot you think you're gonna <laughs> with him from you know a few months from now no <laughs> yeah i mean so like i'm seeing the like memories from january and like february of last year and i'm going like it's part of it's like ugh, wow <laughs> but i do have to say like there are there is part of it that's like well Brennan, you know it's gonna be an interesting year for you just you wait <laughs> i'm uh, older and wiser <laughs> you know <laughs> just <laughs> right actually it's crazy too because uh one of the other podcasts i listen to it's a, a local one uh, one of our local radio stations, 91.5 The Beat, their breakfast oh, yeah. crew does yeah, their After 9 podcast, and I listened to it, and I got into the habit of going back and listening to older episodes. So it goes back as far as this time last year. And to listen to the progressive build of what we thought would be a brief oh my God. pandemic. Oh my God. And everything else. And it's so funny, too, because at the time, you've got, first off, one of the one of the uh, radio personalities, Scott Fox, didn't even know. Like, we were at a point where none of us knew who the fuck Teresa Tam was. Yeah. She was no, she was nowhere on any of our radars. <laughs> now she's essentially a fucking household name. Yeah. Um, you know, it, and at the time, we were being told, like, it's not really problematic. It shouldn't be a big issue, know. whatever. And even they were sitting there on the radio going, at what point should we start to be concerned? What point should we start to panic? So, like, there was definitely people well before COVID really hit us, too, that, like, already were, like, maybe we should be giving a little more caution to this than we are. And our government didn't care to. And now here we are. It's so interesting. I, I actually just had... Um, I just shared a post the other day on Facebook from my from my memories where... It was exactly this. It was it was a um, it was something about like I think it was something about hearing about the COVID cases or whatnot and thinking it wasn't that big of a deal yet. Um, like my my approach to the post was just like we all need to just wash our hands and you know <laughs> if you don't feel well stay home kind of thing. But it was very like we'll get through this. We got through SARS. We got through, like, we had all these scares and it was never turned into anything. And it was very much like, I very much had that attitude about it because I mean, it wasn't in my paradigm, right? It wasn't like, I had no idea. I'd never experienced anything like this before. None of us have. And, um, and I shared it and I was like, well, you know, wasn't it fun those days? <laughs> <laughs> Just a year ago when we didn't think this was a big deal. Like I was preparing to head to, uh, Vancouver for the first time at the beginning of March, which like I luckily got to do before we shut down. But um, even when I was in Vancouver, I, I remember very clearly thinking like there was a the and I mean, they they were um, there was more concern there because of the at the time 
the concerns about uh, the travel from China. Um, mm. But like there were most of the taxi drivers and whatnot, or like a good chunk of taxi drivers and whatnot were like wearing masks and gloves. And I remember having this thought of like, that's a little extreme, but like, if you want to do that, yeah. okay. And I'm looking back on that. I'm like, wow, Brahman, that was extremely ignorant. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just, <laughs> this time last year, I was counting down the days to when I was supposed to be going down to fucking Cuba. Oh my God. Yeah. Supposed to be going on vacation and that's postponed until, well, God's only knows when. Right, indefinitely. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, I'm super lucky that I did get to travel last year. Um, but it's just, it's wild seeing the, like, how our perspective shifted. And I think the important thing though, is also remembering that it's okay for us when we haven't experienced something before to initially think it's not a big deal. It's how we changed our perspectives on those. Like as it became a big deal, my perspective shifted. Like I remember talking to my boss before, I think it was like right when I got back from Vancouver at the beginning of March being like, we might have to close the offices. This sounds like it's going to be a really big deal. And she was like, I don't know, like we'll see. And then within a week it was, yep, we're gonna have to close down the offices. This is, this is wild. Um, And it was just like, but it, but it's how you evolve on that. Right. Like I went from one week being like, no, no, this isn't that big of a deal and traveling (laughs) to being like, Nope, I think we're going to have to do this to being like, yep, I'm working from home now. You know, it was just, it's, and, and, but what's interesting is seeing the amount of people that didn't shift their perspectives. Like there's still people who are so, they're so stuck on this idea that it's a hoax because they don't want to believe it's real, you know? Um, I have a rant (laughs) right now. Let me fucking tell you, I swear to fuck, if any of you who listen to us are anti-maskers or you're those assholes who bullshit medical conditions that you can't wear a mask to go in the store, stop listening now. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing I'm about to say is about to be nice towards you Um, (laughs) because holy fuck, y'all are assholes. Yep. Um, My partner works in customer service Mm -hmm. and I literally just got done talking to him tonight about the fact that his workplace is saying that he cannot tell people to be wearing masks or question where their mask is when they walk in the store. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, they've got signage up on the doors. They've got everything there to indicate as such. He's told them, he was like, I want that in fucking writing. And then I will be taking it to my lawyer. Yeah. Because, because that's, that's, it's bullshit. It's absolute fucking like my work may frustrate me some days. And I will tell you the company I work for, there are some dumb, motherfuckers (laughs) motherfuckers <laughs> like you got my here today it was 8 30 this morning and i was over my work but uh, like customer service right now is just this special breed of stupid and ignorant yeah. and i swear to fuck if i ever come across someone like that in public i'm just going to lose my shit like i already did i told you kind of i think about when i went to st jacobs this past summer uh, which for those of you who may not be from the area, it's a big outdoor market. Um, and people were really fucking ignorant to the fact that yes, we're outside, but you're still within six feet of everyone. Yeah. So not everyone was wearing a mask. Not everyone was wearing a mask correctly. And it reached like, it was one driving my anxiety through the fucking roof. Yeah. Um, and two, I just reached a break point. Like my partner has never heard me go off. <laughs> like that he's never i'm usually the calm collective yes, you are. One. yeah i'm i'm the so, one who goes off on people not you <laughs> so it just it reached a point where i finally saw some dude and he came strolling by not a fucking care in the world with his mask just hanging down around his chin and i was just like yeah your mask's protecting you real fucking good there asshole <laughs> as we kept walking and he's pissing himself laughing because he's like normally that's me i'm i'm the explosive <laughs> angry one what are you doing um so i'm just i'm really fed up with all of yeah. this ignorance i really hate the people who are claiming medical conditions like i have a number of friends who really do have medical conditions that this is concerned to and even they will wear a mask yep. for the handful of minutes that they really need to be in a store and if they really really can't they've made the investment in the face shields yeah. They've made the investments, whatever they need to, in order for them to be safe. Also, like, and if you cannot wear, like, okay, first of all, doctors in a lot of places have been saying there is no medical condition that says you cannot wear a mask for a short period of time inside of some sort of establishment to get your shopping done, first of all. But <laughs> second of all, if you are so sick during a global pandemic, 
from whatever chronic illness you have that is causing you to not be able to wear a mask, which I'm sorry, there are people with oxygen tanks who wear masks. So your point is bullshit. But anyway, if you are so sick that you cannot wear a mask in public for a short period of time to help protect the people around you, you should not be out in public. Like you shouldn't be out in yeah. public. There is curbside pickup. There, like there, you, like you, I, you don't go out in public. <laughs> it's just, people are entitled. I saw this video. Okay, twofold. I've got two points here. One, I worked retail up and up until the end of Christmas. Um, I always do oh, yeah. a part time job. Um, on top of my full time job, and I. I work jewelry and, and we were working like we, are, we were following our protocol really closely. Um, we were sanitizing everything. People had to, we had ropes up at the door so that people couldn't just like waltz in. We were only letting a certain amount, like there was one, a one-on-one ratio. You could only have like one client with you or like a client and their partner or whatnot with you in the store because it's hard to social distance in our store. Like we have to be across the counter from you. Um, we can't just let you hold jewelry, you know, like we have to. And then of course we have to desanitize jewelry or whatever. Um, we were doing our part. You have to desanitize, and then we have to, de- yeah. Uh, what? We have to sanitize. You have to desanitize it. No, you have to sanitize. I thought it. I said sanitize. No, you said desanitize. Oh, well, I think you meant decontaminate. Decontaminate. <laughs> yeah, I meant sanitize. Um, <laughs> I'm just being an asshole. Whoops. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we have to, we have to sanitize everything, and um, if if somebody's gonna touch it anyway. We ha- we had this one person walk in, and he's dealing with my um, my this one um, colleague who is immunocompromised, and she, of course, is this really really polite woman, super super nice, but has a lot of anxiety when it comes to confronting people, and didn't feel comfortable saying anything because of how it might come across, especially for her as a woman of color. How is this white man and his wife going to react when I tell them they need to wear a mask? Um, and then me, like my boss wasn't there. My boss would have said something, but my like me, I could have said something, but didn't feel it was necessarily appropriate for me to get involved seeing her anxiety. And it's just this whole messed up. And I'm usually somebody who will say something, but in that setting, when I'm making less than $15 an hour, like, yes, it's for the safety of others, but sometimes the thought of confronting somebody, and that's coming from me who, who has no problem generally confronting assholes. <laughs> but like, even I was scared to confront people because I was like, I'm not paid enough to deal with the backlash of this. Um, oh, and the, the backlash is unreal. Yeah. Like my partner has been telling me because he works overnights at a gas station and anyone who works night shift in any sort of customer service capacity knows that nights you get the real special assholes. Oh yeah. And he a hundred percent had some dude apparently come in and get so irate with him for questioning about why the fuck he wasn't wearing a mask that he like put his arms up hopped up on the counter and intentionally coughed on the fucking plexiglass got his face right up and was like what are you scared of that you're gonna get covid you think i have covid oh my god so like he's oh yeah he's dealing with the epitome of these fucking arrogant pieces of shit that you think you only have like in the states and this is just further proof that like we we need to stop this bubble that Canada is the nicer place Thank and you. I know that's a whole nother oh, rant I can see your face <laughs> we're not nicer in fact we're worse we're worse we are we shove it into the rug. We're, we're worse yes. we're yeah. <laughs> yeah we like to pretend yeah, we're we like to gaslight everybody into thinking that we are nicer including our own people and then we create this army of people who defend Canada to no end being like, but we are nicer. And it's like, okay, we're nicer. If you're a white person <laughs> who has right. privilege, you know, like, anyway, that's a rant right. for another time, but I... Oh my God. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 No, like don't read this. They, the assholes are right here. They are in your backyard. They are around and it's, it's even easier to ignore them right now because of the fact that they're stay at home orders and everything else. So like, you're just out yeah. that much less. But for the people that are out there, anyone who works in any sort of retail, who are in grocery stores, who are in gas stations, who are those essential workers, like, man, yeah. I do not envy you at all. Um, and I could not be paid enough to work those jobs no. right now because I'd be and fired. This is the thing. So this is like, this is another piece of safety 
a safety issue that, that people have not considered for frontline workers um, and considering like grocery clerks and whatnot at, at front, as frontline work. Uh, there was a TikTok that I saw recently that was put up by I think a 17 year old who works in, in who works as a grocery clerk at um, uh, I think a cashier in a Alberta grocery store of some sort. And it was her confronting this white woman who was standing pretty close to her, refusing to wear a mask. And you can hear this poor young woman's like anxiety is clearly so high. Um, you can hear it in her voice and she is like standing her ground and she is asking this woman, she's like, I can't serve you. And the woman's like, you're discriminating against me. And this young woman's like, I'm not, I cannot serve you without a mask. I don't care what you believe in. You cannot come into the store without a mask. I cannot serve you. You put it on. Like she was handing her a mask in a plastic bag being like, here, you can use this if you're in the store. Otherwise I can't serve you. This poor young woman is 17. She is making, I think in Alberta, the minimum wage is $15 an hour. So I'm assuming she makes $15 an hour. This is probably not her full-time job, but it might be. It doesn't matter. She's making $15 an hour and having to confront assholes like this entitled white bitch who's standing there going, I don't have to do anything you say I'm looking at you, a 17-year-old, and I am telling you that I don't give a fuck about you. That's what she's doing. It's awful. It's so horrifying. It's horrifying. Yeah. I actually, I did see that video too. And it's just, it's disgusting. And it's, uh, like, like, like we could we could probably yeah, spend this yeah, entire podcast and then some ranting about the stupidity and the assholes that exist. <laughs> Uh, within our communities that have particularly reared their heads in the past year. <laughs> well, and like, yeah, we could. And I mean, it's, it's just that like, I don't care what you believe in, to be honest. Like, I like, do I want to help you see the light? Yeah, I do. But I know for a lot of people that's not going to happen. But I do care about you being an asshole in public. Like if it, it, nobody's taking away your freedom if they're asking you to wear a mask for five minutes while you're in a store. Like I don't, like just fucking put it on. Don't put other people at risk. It's not that hard. And as per the point of like, we're not seeing them out in public as often because we're staying at home. True, except that if anybody is paying attention to like um, news articles currently about COVID or whatever, all you have to do is look at the comment section of the Waterloo Region record <laughs> to see oh. how many fucked up attitudes we have in this region alone about COVID, about racial injustice, about pretty much fucking anything. Like the, oh my God, one of the arguments I got in with some, into with somebody was around um, the one of the hotels that was being used as... Um, I think maybe there was only one in Kitchener that was being used as a to house homeless people during um, the first lockdown and because it wasn't being used. And the homeowners were in this comment being like, "Ugh, I had to lock up my bikes and I had to do all of this stuff because the, uh, the homeless people were coming in and trashing our shit. And I went into the comment session because this is this is who I am. And I was like, wow, imagine being so entitled that you own a home and have equity and are not homeless. And you have to go out of your way to lock up your shit so that somebody who doesn't have a home can have a place to stay for a little while. Imagine being that entitled. And then of course I got some like really upset people being like, you're clearly not a homeowner, are you? This devalues my property, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, imagine caring more about your property than the lives of other human beings. <laughs> but it's just, anyway, that was a whole tangent. But like, it's just, it's, it's here. Like if you want to see how pervasive these fucking opinions are in Canada you don't even have to go far you don't have to go far just follow anything local I follow the news um in Ottawa and because uh, I grew up in Ottawa and here and then a few in Alberta in Edmonton because I have some friends there and I, I'm like I just I follow the the like the articles that come out and the comment sections are just so fucking gross and yet people in these same comment sections will be like yeah, but we're Canadian. We're so much better than what goes on in the States. And I'm like, really? Are we? Look at these comments. <laughs> oh, I know. It's fucking disgusting. I got into it um, a little bit when I had made a post addressing the fact that the Grand River Transit had multiple drivers test positive for COVID. And I said, hey, CTV, maybe you should go and talk to GRT about the fact that none of the bus drivers wear fucking masks, which they oh. still don't, by the way. Um yeah, and the 
comment section went off about it. I mean, the vast majority of the people actually were in favor. Um, most transit riders, well, mm -hmm. like me, were saying like, no, this this should be. It's a little bit concerning. Like, and it it wouldn't have been concerning if it wasn't for the fact that you just announced seven of your drivers out of the nine people that contracted it within the GRT staff, seven drivers. Yeah. And this is the second or third time that you've announced that multiple people who are drivers have contracted it. And if there's anyone who sees uh, countless people per day um, locked in a fart can <laughs> on wheels. Um, it's true. It's, it, you know, it is what it is. It's, it's concerning and uh yeah i i try to avoid yeah. comment sections though because it just that there i reach a point where i don't my my emotions get the better of me and i don't have the logical ration to argue with people anymore yeah. and i i'm not a violent person <laughs> which is a good thing which is a very good thing um but it yeah. makes me want to be i so i mean maybe it's my years and years and years of the type of activism that i do which is mostly like online because that's what I have the capability of doing most often um, is that I have gotten to a point where like I'll argue with people and then I'll be like yeah I'm no longer having this argument with you have a great day and then I just log off and I just like um, mute the conversation it's taken a lot of practice to get there but I also can't help myself so I had to figure it out right it, like it's I, I, I know eventually when to pick my battles like when somebody's clearly not learning However, sometimes I will continue arguing with somebody about things like that because it's not about changing that person's mind. It's about making sure that there's a counter argument for other people who might be on the fence who go read it um, to have some logic to read. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, but I've had a, the situation most recently where I struggled with this was when my post about housing and universal basic income went viral, both on TikTok and on Facebook. And I, my ADHD hyperfocus kicked in um, because I wasn't expecting the post to go so viral so quickly. And I was, I started commenting with people to like try and help them see the perspective I was coming from. And then people just got increasingly hateful because I angered a lot of white men, um, you know, because they, they think I'm trying to leech off the system. So, you know, whatever, they can think whatever they want to think. But uh, <laughs> um, I got so sucked into that that I spent an entire day. I didn't eat. I barely drank anything. I was just like constantly responding to things. And I hadn't done that in a really long time. And it wasn't until I like I, I pulled my head out of that like vacuum for a moment. And I went, OK, I need to stop. Why don't I just mute? all of this and not go back to it. And the moment I did that to go get food, I went, I like got my wings. I got my, my Morty's wings and I came back and I like, and I ranted to my mom and I ranted to my dad about it. And I ranted to a couple friends about it. And then I just kind of was like, wow, I have no desire to go back. And I just let people argue. I was like, you know, there are other people doing arguing for me. This is my post. I don't have to do whatever I want. And I, I like logged back into Facebook, and I added a little blurb at the bottom saying, I am no longer responding to comments. It has gotten too, it has gone too far. Have a great day. And if people didn't want to read that, that's up to them. But I just left it. And I have not thought about it since in terms of like the urge to go back. So that was really good. But yeah, in general, I, I know aside from that, that like, I can't help myself when I see ignorance on um, the internet. So I have to. So I've had to learn other tactics to know when to stop um, because I know I'm going to mm. comment. So <laughs> I I know that I typically I, I can't engage because I at the moment that I read it, I need those are those times. Typically, I'm the kind of person I like to yeah. confront problems head on. But in those moments, I know that I can't give proper thought to it I can't give yeah. proper argument and I will very much get emotionally caught up into it and then that just does nothing but 100% fuel into them especially mm -hmm. if they're trolls and just no so I just abstain yeah. altogether however while we are <laughs> on the rant of stupid people I have a second because like I said at the beginning yes. it's been a fucking week um first off um my deepest condolences go out to the Guelph family that um their minivan was struck because this rant is about stupid oh drivers and so there was and um it's actually someone i know it's the lodge family 
in Guelph, Gregson was a rehearsal pianist who, or is a rehearsal pianist who's worked with the Royal City Musical Productions. He's also a choir director and just all around the nicest man. And his wife is a teacher and they had three young children. And the wife was out with the three young children for a cross-country skiing expedition. And on the drive home, the van was struck by a careless 17-year-old driver. It instantly killed the 12-year-old son on the spot, put the two daughters uh, into the hospital, one of them in critical condition. And a week later, the daughter, one daughter who was in oh critical condition passed. So this family has now lost two of their children. Um, and I am heartbroken for I'm them. I'm so sorry. Because it's, I, I'm I'm sorry for them too. I can't imagine. I I don't have that paternal urge. I don't know mm -hmm. that I'm going to have children anytime in the near future that I care to. I like <laughs> other people's kids. I like my friends' kids. You know, I like being the fun uncle. It's great. Um, I don't know that I care to have my own, uh, which means that I don't know that I will ever truly wrap my head around the uh, the grief of losing two of your children and like not even at the same time losing one spending a week hoping and praying yeah. and then losing oh the next God. because of a careless and out drugs and alcohol were ruled out i haven't heard much more beyond that but it boils down to careless drivers because then in the same swing i literally last weekend um was inches from being struck by an suv while in the vehicle with my partner, because we were over at, um, if you know, Fisher yep. Holman and Max Becker, we were coming out of the roundabout and coming over to the stoplight. And he wasn't going very fast, mostly because I had his phone and he wanted me to make sure I spin the Pokestop <laughs> for him. So <laughs> we came out of that priorities. Um, I play yeah. for him. He does not play and drive because I, I give him shit yeah. if he fucking tries to. And I take his phone from him. Um, but so we weren't going terribly fast, but I mean, come out of a roundabout, you go up to speed and the light was red. So whatever. This woman was paying zero attention as she comes whipping out of the McDonald's parking lot. I'm sitting in the car and I'm going, whoa, whoa, whoa. And she came this fucking close. Had she not looked over when she did, she would have careened full force into the side of the vehicle and it would have put oh me God. in the hospital. Because it was passenger side. And then she has the audacity to speed up to get in front of us so she can go make the light. And make what the, the fuck? Turn. I am. <clears throat> I am so pissed because from the accident involving the family to this pretty much almost involving me, like there is, uh, I don't know if just because people had to work at home, they got real stupid and forgot how to fucking yeah, drive all of a sudden. And if everyone needs lessons, I know it's always been like that to some degree. I just, I feel like yeah. it's really bad right now. And there's just a lot of carelessness on the road and it, it makes me so mm -hmm. anxious. Um, especially because, so uh, um, I mentioned last episode that my depression reached a peak yeah. in 2018. Um, it was actually uh, two months after I was in an accident myself that ended up totaling my car. There was too much damages. Yeah. It was written off and I was struck head on and had I been about three feet further out I would have been hospitalized without question for the amount of damage that was done to my vehicle um and ever since then I didn't realize it until sometime last year um I didn't realize that I have a little bit of a trauma yeah. response to that now in that I get hella fucking anxious when I'm yeah. riding in a vehicle with someone I internalize a lot of that because I also know that as a driver, there's nothing worse than the anxious passenger <laughs> sitting beside you freaking out about everything. Because it's like when you're a kid and you're learning to drive and your mom's beside you and she's like, oh my God, look out. And you're like 300 feet away from hitting anything. But she's just, freaking, it's, it's yeah. like that overprotective parent thing. Like it just, it adds undue stress to the driver. So I internalize a lot of it, but I have mm -hmm. zero trust in other oh people God. right now when I'm in a vehicle like it, it scares the fuck out of me because I have almost been taken out like in an accident and then come this close again to hear that someone else that close to me um, lost multiple family members yeah. because like it's scary shit people like please pay the fuck attention I think the thing when we you're forget driving about is that 
as drivers is uh, the driving is a it's a huge fucking privilege and I think when we're younger, we get into this head state of like, can't wait to drive, can't wait to drive, so much freedom, yay. And we don't think about the consequences of driving. Um, I've actually been in two accidents and both were both were considered at fault. The first one was um, just unavoidable. I was coming off of an overnight and got blinded by the sun that refracted off of some of the frost that was on the corner of my windshield and didn't see the car stopping in front of me. It wasn't going very fast when I turned the corner. So like, but I hit the car in front of me who was then stopped too close to the car in front of them and it caused a double hit. Um, and it didn't total my first car, but it was not great. <laughs> um, and then, and so that that triggered in me for years. Like it's been six years since that accident this this month. Um, and it triggered for at least five of those years, if not still, I still have some of this anxiety of like, if, if I, like when I'm on the highway, I keep a pretty good distance between me and the cars in front of me, even on the regular roads too. But like, especially on the highway when we're going a hundred plus kilometers an hour. Um, and I do that because if I had to stop suddenly, I want to make sure there's room to stop suddenly. Um, and when cars, especially on the 401 heading into Toronto or, or whatnot, like when cars just go, hey, that's about a car length space. I'm going to jump in there. It, my anxiety goes through the roof because I'm like, if I had to stop suddenly or if that car jumps in front of me and then it stops suddenly, I'm fucked, right? Like it just, it makes my, and I've never regained that. Like it, it, I still am anxious about it, just less so than I used to be. But right for the first couple of years after that accident, I was hella anxious while driving just in general um and and it really triggered this 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 realization in me that I thought driving was fun for a really long time and while I do still enjoy driving especially long distances and and whatnot like I'm I'm a I'm a really good highway driver I get more distracted in the cities as an ADHD Mm. driver that makes sense (laughs) um uh there's more to pay attention to but I'm a really good highway driver and I um, but I'm still like, even though I enjoy it, I'm still very, like I have this extra heightened awareness. Um, and then the second accident, I was on my way to work and I was getting ready to like, it, I, there was so much traffic in the direction I was going. It was, I was, it, this was, um, when I was living in the apartment across from yours and I was like, you know what, I'm going to be late for work. I'm going to turn around. And I went to like turn into the, there's the Tim Hortons parking lot right on like King and, um, and Eagle there. And I went into turn around into the, into that parking lot so that I could turn around and like go the other way and take Speedsville. And the truck, there was a truck behind me that I did not see because it shouldn't have been there <laughs> that jumped the turn lane. So I was right where the turn lane started and the truck jumped it. But because I was turning out of traffic, it was my fault. So I just don't like one of the things that came from this is this like huge lack of trust in other drivers, (laughs) you know, Um, because I was trying to make a safe turn, but somebody was doing something that wasn't safe. And because I was the one, like, because there's no proof that they like jumped the turn lane, even though you could see where my car was hit. Um, I was the one that fault. So like, I just, I've been paying insane amounts of money for my insurance for the past several years because of this. Um, but like, I don't trust anybody else on the road. I don't trust, I don't trust people. I have had so many close calls that were not related to my own driving skills that, that like when I'm driving, I'm very alert, <laughs> you know, because I, I have to be, and that's why when I yeah. bought my new car, like, cause that last accident totaled my vehicle. Um, it like completely shifted the engine. There was no saving it. So I bought my new car when I bought my Honda, I bought a car that I knew had all these safety features. So like, if I get too close to the car in front of me, my car will, if I'm not going too fast, my car will stop for me. Um, it'll blare at me like this, like signal being like, stop, you need to stop, like put on the brakes. Um, it has like a, a left side camera for when I'm changing lanes, which just makes me feel so much more comfortable. Um, because I was struck from the side by like a cube truck in my last accident. And if he had been, if I had been even just slightly more over to the side and he had been going slightly more, like slightly faster, it would have put me in the hospital. Um, so driving is a privilege. And yeah. I think not enough people recognize this. Like I, my car luckily has like a, a Apple CarPlay. So I can, if I need to send a text or a message to somebody or call somebody, it all does it through the system. And I don't, it's all hands-free. But like the amount of people that I know personally, <laughs> and I love you all, but the text and drive, it makes me 
so nervous <laughs> because especially having been in those accidents yeah. and also having been on the highway and seeing somebody driving super erratically and then finally passing them and seeing a phone in their hand. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. Oh, I mean, I've done perfect. it. <laughs> I've done it. Um, I, yeah. I will fully admit I got slapped with a ticket very early in the introduction of the uh, no mobile device in your hand. And the worst part was too, is yeah. I wasn't even actually texting. I was using Google mm-hmm. Maps and I was trying to do it, but right out the gate, right out the gate, they were just super, super stringent. Like if it was in your hand, doesn't fucking matter what you yeah. were doing. Boom. You're getting slapped with it. Um, but, uh, I know for me too, from my accident, the worst when I get anxious now is at night yes. when it's raining, yeah. because that's when my accident happened. That's when it was the low visibility that caused, you know, and it all played out the way it did. Uh, and again, I was found at fault because I was making a left turn out of right. a parking lot. Um, well, so that's interesting too, because I, anyways. I'm generally fine in rain. I do get super anxious if it's snowing or raining so heavily that I can't see. That makes me super, super anxious. I will, I will slow down and put on my four ways. <laughs> Have done it. We'll do it. Yeah. Oh, or, yeah. Extreme fog. Oh, no, thank you, because you you can't tell who's around you, right? So those three situations, I get pretty bad anxiety while yeah. driving. But I actually get the most anxiety on really really sunny days where there's not a lot of clouds because of my first accident because it, I was blinded by the sun and could not I couldn't see the car stopping in front of me. Um, so it's interesting how we take like the weather conditions from from an accident and go. Oh, that's always going to be the case. Like it just, it, it kind of like acts as a confirmation bias for this anxiety that we have. And we're going, okay, but it's happened before. So it could happen again. Don't get blinded. Don't like, you know, it's interesting. Whereas my sister who's been in accident, her accident happened on a really rainy day and she finds driving in the rain really hard because of that. It's that's really interesting. But yeah, ultimately I, uh, I, I don't trust other drivers. <laughs> Me either. So, but to, to, to that effect, for those of us friends who do listen, yeah. just be mindful, be aware on the road, friends, be safe. Um, you know, there's nothing worse than seeing um, reports that someone was in an accident um, or trying to console that friend who yeah. maybe was the cause of an accident because they weren't necessarily paying attention. Like, it's shitty from both ends. I, I will fully acknowledge the fact that the 17-year-old kid that caused this accident yes. for the Guelph now has to live for the rest of his life knowing that his reckless driving yeah. killed two young children. Um, and that's, I'm, it's, it doesn't make his actions yeah. any more correct. Um, I, I don't know what is necessarily the right... I, I feel like at that age, yeah. he should probably be tried as an adult. Um, but it's, that's, well, that's heavy. That's heavy and, to have to carry and around. One of the things the I do try, life. you know, with all of this talk about people needing to be more careful, I do want to acknowledge that, like, one of the things I learned from both my accidents is that accidents can happen and sometimes we make stupid mistakes. And so I've actually taken it into practice that when somebody cuts me off, I don't automatically assume they were doing it to be an asshole. I try to give them the benefit of the doubt because I know that sometimes I've missed people in my blind spot while I'm driving and I like cut them off without realizing and they blare their horn at me and stick their middle finger up. And I'm like, okay, like my apologies. I'm sorry. I didn't see you. Like, I mean, driving is scary. It's a privilege. It's something that like we accidents do happen. There's a reason why they're called accidents. Um, and while it, no, it doesn't excuse the action, like the, the, the actions of the person, especially if they, if they were doing something like texting and driving or something or drinking and driving and whatnot, but these are people behind the wheel and we make mistakes and sometimes they have really awful consequences. And, um, so it is important to keep that in mind too. Have compassion, but also <laughs> remember the driving is a privilege. <laughs> and also, yeah, oh yeah, most like, of the time like they're somebody, assholes. If somebody <laughs> almost hits you and you make it aware to them that they almost hit you, and then they jump in front of you so that they can get around the light as though they don't give a fuck that they almost hit you, that makes them an asshole. <laughs> like, you know, mm. like there, there are actions yeah. that sometimes people make that you you can just tell that they don't give a fuck about you. <laughs> And I'll tell you, if anyone's going to know an asshole, <laughs> it's a fucking gay man. Like, <laughs> yep, Oh, I'm my God. <laughs> we love the gay jokes. <laughs> so we we do. I promise you. I, I You think you've heard oh, them all. I will I tell you worse. Uh, <laughs> I, don't worry. Oh, which, b- by the way, um, two things. One, um, courtesy of TikTok. We are no longer the LGBTQ yeah. community. We are the alphabet mafia. 
hundred <laughs> percent adopting that. Two saw a thing the other day specific to lesbians um, because sometimes TikTok will flag things uh, based on it being typed out, um, which then means that voice or um, text yeah. voice speech says things weird, which means lesbians, y'all are now the <laughs> dollar beans. Yeah, you, you are not lesbian. Oh my god. Yeah, it's because, so, like, sometimes on TikTok when we type things out as, um, like, closed captioning, because TikTok still does not have their own closed captioning feature, which is bullshit. They need to, like, they need to do it. But anyway, a lot of us will type them out, um, and then we'll have the, like, text-to-speech read it over. It's a trend right now. Um, but this one woman... <laughs> Sometimes we'll spell things wrong so that like TikTok doesn't flag it, and so she spelled lesbian with a like with the dollar sign. But of course, this this speech to text said the dollar beans, and of course, this person stitches it and goes, "From now on, you are now the dollar beans forever and always, never lesbian, the dollar bean." <laughs> what kind of you? What kind of bean are you? I'm the dollar. True. Oh you know what? I, have to say, I fucking love TikTok. I've said oh, to so many people. Like, I truly believe that the. I don't know if I've said this on this podcast yet. I don't think I have. But if I have, uh, I'll repeat myself. Um, I truly believe that the 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 United States election that just happened went the way that it did because of the prominence of TikTok, <laughs> because the amount of education that was happening on that, mm. and the amount of like calling to action, and the amount of like calling out problematic views and helping people understand why voting was important, telling people how to vote properly. Like I truly believe that these trends on TikTok are part of the reason why this, why this election went positively. Um, I don't think it was going to otherwise. And I've talked to a few people about that. Um, I think the power of social media when used for good is amazing. The, the the problem is the using it for good yeah. and, and filtering and getting that like thankfully tiktok has a fairly aggressive algorithm where like the second you like or interact with something it tends to yeah. feed you a lot of the same videos um unlike other socials like facebook or twitter um yeah. where you have to yeah. muddle through a lot of shit you have to muddle through a lot of people misusing hashtags intentionally because they're trying to get attention whatever um so i mean yeah don't get me wrong there's a lot (laughs) of dumb shit on tiktok there's a lot of dumb shit but there's also really helpful things too like my my partner follows a lot of the diy stuff because he likes doing home projects so he watches all this cool diy shit I will tell you, though, the amount of people that do. And he sits there and watches them every time for the stupid stories that you know they're just going to be like, hit like and share for part two, hit like and share for part three. And he just sits and watches them. And I'm like, can you just change it, please? Yeah, I mean, I follow some chefs on TikTok and I've learned some really awesome dishes from that. I made the feta pasta recipe this past weekend. Uh, and I will tell you, it was great. The only downside of that uh, trend, though, is the fact that oh, there's yeah. no quantities of anything shown. So you just kind of look at what yeah. people are doing. And you're like, yeah, this looks I mean, about I watched, the same amount. I watched your Snapchat. Um, but it did turn out really good. High as fuck. So, um... <laughs> oh my God. I've never seen you so fucking baked. <laughs> it was entertaining. <laughs> Oh man, I'll tell you though, that was know, primo was stoner so food. Like good. you would have fucking loved it. I was so jealous. It. I really hate when I come across food things when I'm high, because like, like, what are you doing to me? <laughs> I want it all. I get like I get the munchies like mad <laughs> when I'm big. So, and I I don't get uh I've been using um uh pot recently as like a thing on weekends or whatever when I don't have to be up super early in the morning because I just find that like it totally relaxes me. Um. I just have a good time. Sometimes I'll watch like Twilight or something stupid and just like laugh my ass off while I sit alone and eat food. <laughs> and but then it helps me sleep. Like I just find it tires me out in ways that like I'm usually not able to do because of my both my like insomnia and my ADHD sleep resistance. Um, and so it's been really helpful lately. But yeah, that was I was particularly high the other night. <laughs> it was great it was downright magical and um you know when when we're allowed to actually hang out in the flesh again we will uh 
uh, we'll have yes. to get stoned together. 100%. Because oh my god, I know. I don't know why well, we haven't done it yet. I smoked a lot of pot before <laughs> fairly recently. I think also like there's a lot of like in my brain, even though it's always been okay in my family to smoke pot, like my mom smoked it. My, um, you know, I think I think my dad does or used to um my sister does like my mom asked my sister to roll her a joint to put in her stocking one year when we were in our early 20s like that's my family and yet there's still part of my brain that feels it's taboo I don't like I feel like for our generation because it was technically well not technically it was illegal until very recently um it's going to take us a while to like eradicate that from our brain so I didn't smoke it a lot um but mm. since it's been legalized and I've been smoking it more, I've realized, oh, this is actually really helpful. And I have a lot of friends who use it for their chronic pain, um, for their anxiety, especially when no anxiety and meds seem to be helping. The pot really, really helps. Um, and I found that too, like in 2019 and also last year when I was having really bad anxiety nights, um, which I'm not used to. Like I'm used to my depression. I'm not used to anxiety. <laughs> um I found that the pot would help because I would just reach that point where everything turns from a frown to a smile and nothing matters anymore, <laughs> you know, and it was just really helpful to, it's very, it was very much for me an escapist thing, but it was really, really helpful um, to calm the anxiety. So I've taken more to <laughs> yeah. the yeah. edible approach. Um, I think, I think part of the, the smoking thing is because mm -hmm. I actually am an ex smoker. I quit six and a half years ago. Um, so smoking pot, it's just, it's aggressive yes. on the lungs, which also as a singer is just not, <laughs> not cute. Um, <laughs> plus there's oh, yeah. some good fucking edibles on the market these days. Like the fact that like pot shops in Ontario are very much a thing. They carry some good fucking shit. Um, you know, or if you still have friends who are capable of baking, I miss my buddy Andy, which if you listen to this podcast and you're ever back in Ontario, bud, uh, <laughs> he used to make cookies and he'd sell them at work and they were just, just the right amount. First off, they didn't taste like anything. He, he got his recipe perfect. Um, but like one cookie would have me nice and mellow for four hours, which meant that we were working a lot of overtime <laughs> at the time. And so on the overtime nights, and when I made a lot of overtime, I mean, like, we were working three out of four weeks oh of the month, six days a week. So on that sixth day, <laughs> I would get to work. Yeah. I would have me a cookie. Yeah. And then I would go inside yeah, to work. Yeah. And then overtime didn't seem so bad because half of it, I was yeah. well, and that's the baked thing, out like, of my gourd. Like, the strain of it really <laughs> matters, right? Like, there are some strains, that, like, or I guess if it's... Um, oh, yeah indica base like i don't know enough yet i'm a noob but um if it's indica base you're you're gonna be like like one of my friends calls it uh, how you differentiate is that um sativa is uh i think you're i don't know the what they use for sativa but they said like sativa is you're good to go kind of thing whereas like the indica you're in the couch <laughs> which <laughs> So if you have too much in of the indica base pot, you're fucked. You're just going to like, you're not just going to be mellow. You're going to be non-functional. And I mean, I have found that to be true. I, um, I oh, also yeah. have to say that like edibles are great. However, I have had to be so careful with them because I, the highest I've ever been was from edibles. A friend in university baked um, pot brownies and I was still fairly new to smoking pot at the time, but like, I remember I was, I had one of these brownies and she was like, okay, it's going to take a while to kick in. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we've all made this mistake at one point because we're, we're stubborn and ignorant and stupid, <laughs> but like, <laughs> but I like, I was like, I don't feel anything. It's been like an hour. And of course I was probably feeling it. I just hadn't acknowledged it yet. And the brownies were really good. So I grabbed another and oh my God, when I tell you there is a level of high that is not fun anymore, I mean it. Like I tried to sleep that night and I remember feeling like my leg, I think it was my, my left leg below my knee didn't belong to me. I was like, I never want to be this high again. I feel trapped. <laughs> okay. So we'll share more high stories another time, but I will just give one more um, and props as well um, is I tried the, CBD beverage oh. for the first time this summer. Uh, yeah. Uh, and you can get it at the pot shops. And this one is particular, particularly was called Deep Space. 
Uh, and it is aptly named. Uh, <laughs> because I had this thing. And we were up north camping. And we were when I say up north, I mean like yeah. we were up north. You had to go off the beaten trail just to figure out where the fuck we were. Um, but I, <laughs> there is video proof of me from the campfire that <laughs> night. I was so ripped that I could I couldn't stop leaning back over my chair and just staring at the stars and being completely enamored with how fucking gorgeous <laughs> the sky that. was. That's amazing. You know what we need to do when we're able to Um, again? We need to go camping at like the Ridge or one of the other LGBT campgrounds and get super baked around the campfire. That's what we need to do. Sorry, this was just a random thought, but (laughs) thanks to look forward to. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. My my partner's going to listen to this (laughs) and be like, yeah, okay, let's go. (laughs) 100% down for it. We're we're a little longer on time here, which means that we never touched on our initial contact conversation. Uh, but the good news is we get to save it for another week. Um, but before we wrap up here, there was one other thing that I wanted to bring up to you, and I was oh, we'll see how long a rant this brings out because it is. So you guys get these podcasts on the Thursday. We record them on the Tuesday. We give ourselves about a day and a bit to to edit them for whatever limited editing we do do um, and get them up and rolling. Uh, so it is currently is Tuesday, February 9th. Mm, this weekend's right. Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> that face. Okay, I'm curious to know okay. your take on So, I mean, day okay. As a whole. Um, let's not ask single bitter Bronwyn. This is not... <laughs> I'm still processing the end of my most recent relationship, and I'm super fucking bitter about it um (laughs) i'll be perfectly honest but i do have to say so i i've never really liked valentine's day as a concept i think commercializing um a date is not actually a holiday (laughs) um for the sake of mostly heterosexual love like you look around like this used to really bother me when i was younger um because i also didn't have a partner that i could hold the hand of to you know counteract some of this but when you look down the street you would see all these signs promoting love day and it's just a man like or a boy figure and a girl figure holding hands or like a man and a woman kissing or like you know it's just it's so heteronormative and it's created around this trope and so it's really hard for those of us who do not identify with heteronormativity in that way to feel like we're represented at all. So I really, really resent Valentine's Day for that, the commercialization of Valentine's Day for that. However, I do have to say that when I did find myself in relationships where I was really excited about them, like last year, Valentine's Day, I was really excited about the relationship I was in. Hindsight's 2020, but like, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, that's literally. Um, but I was really excited about it, and it was really fun. Valentine, like being able to like spend time together. I mean, she she actually tr- didn't treat me super well on Valentine's Day, which <laughs> not great. But I before that, I was super excited about it, um, and I did like having a day that was dedicated to being able to like share in love with my partner right um so it's it's weird how like I guess having a relationship did change my perspective of it a little bit um and just in the like if you give me the chance to gay anything up I will so like I will make my very visible post (laughs) on social media make Valentine's Day just a little bit more representative (laughs) and a little more gay um but also it's just kind of nice to have that day to focus on on your partner when in the regular world we while every day should be love day we we don't always make time for it um so that was fun um and being in a relationship did change that but i do have to say valentine's day is super heteronormative and it needs to stop <laughs> and also fuck, fuck capitalism so <laughs> it, it also oh fuck capitalism 100 percent. it is the thankfully my partner and I both agree that we're not a fan of the yes. commercialization of most holidays. Um, Chris, Christmas being the other one where it gets ridiculously over the top, but yeah, Valentine's day. I find even, even though I'm in a relationship, I'm still very much in the same mindset. I, I think it's a load of horse shit. Uh, they charge you and a lot. And it's so funny too, because yeah. in my relationship, I'm the romantic. No yeah. question. I am. I am the 
diehard romantic, but I like yeah. spontaneous romance. So like we a hundred percent, like one of the things that helped us get through um, not being able to see anyone do anything is like, I planned an arbitrary date night for us. And so like he came over and I cooked dinner, which I mean, <laughs> that's not necessarily that special because I yeah. always cook dinner because I'm the one who prefers to cook between the two of us. Um, but like, I know that he prefers me uh, a little more dressed up. So I actually like uh, wore a button down shirt and I made him dinner and we cuddled and watched movies. And so like, I prefer those though, because I feel like they stand out more totally. than some grossly over commercialized holiday. Um, you know, I can buy him flowers way cheaper at other random points of the year uh, rather than the over jacked fucking price yeah. for a single rose on Valentine's Day. Like, I get it. I appreciate that it's it's cutesy. Um, and past me, well, well, past relationship me would have jumped on it more. Um, but past not in a relationship, Andrew, was yeah. 100%. Yeah, happy singles yeah. awareness I mean, day. Okay, so I have to say, like, like while I liked it in a relationship, I think part of that was just that, like, I think for most of us in, or I think for a good chunk of us that are part of the LGBT community, it's, it's real like, we feel outcast by these days a lot of the time, right? And, and so I think for me, the excitement was just, oh, I have a partner now that I can share in this with, which is exciting, which I, which I liked. But if you took away Valentine's Day, I wouldn't be sad about it. You know, like, I, I just, <laughs> and I do have to say that, like, I think while it's okay to really like the day and 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 like what it represents, if you think that it's all about love and, and whatnot, that's great. But one of the things I will say as a kind of call to action in terms of just remembering your place and your privilege as, as somebody who's not, who is either not LGBT or is at, or is at least living as a straight person right now, even perceptibly, even if you're not straight. Um, remember that this day is not for everybody. Um, and that the love that you think it's promoting is not everybody's form of love. Um, particularly the fact that like, it also seems to really promote uh, monogamous love, which like, I'm very monogamous. I am also a like heavy romantic, it's, which is interesting that I don't love <laughs> love day because like, I'm a very romantic person. I have been a diehard <laughs> romantic, hopeless romantic since I was a kid. Um, but I just think much more critically about the thing, particularly as an LGBT person. And, and there are lots of, poly people who are not represented in 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 valentine's day because it is a very heteronormative monogamous focused day that is meant to just drive up sales for capitalism for companies that can charge extra for heart-shaped anything or red roses or what like and i just be careful when you're defending valentine's day to people who don't like it because you love love day be careful because when you defend it like that, you are inadvertently shutting shutting out the very valid opinions and experiences of those of us who this whom this day does not promote and does not um, represent. And that's my that's my main point, I guess, on on Valentine's Day. So at the end of the day, go to Domino's, buy yourself a heart shaped pizza, and I would love be a heart shaped pizza. That's my myself. You know, I'm gonna eat it and and just I'll, right. I'll, this year I'll eat I'll eat my like bitter feelings from this heart shaped pizza. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just sad. I can't laugh about it. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, you know what I can do? Oh, I'll have pizza and I'll have That's the dollar bean <laughs> put on it in like M&M's. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That's my comment to wrap up this episode. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to call it there. That's it. We're done. We're done. The <laughs> dollar bean and M&M's on a pizza. Giddy up. Uh, well, we hope that this was uh, a little bit more lax for you guys this week in comparison to last week. Uh, if you haven't done so, follow us on socials at Sibling Rants on Instagram and Sibling Rants Pod on Twitter. Uh, and feel free to comment if there's like we're we 
are running our podcast based on what's relevant during the week. Like we definitely have other topics that we're going to get to. um, But we're kind of, a a lot of people have enjoyed the conversational aspect of our podcast. So we're kind of trying to keep it natural and organic rather than forcing things um, so that it doesn't sound like a straight out Q and a session. Um, But if there are certain topics, like if you guys want us to bring up something particular, there's something hot that's on your mind and you are like, Hey, I'd love to hear what your guys take is on it. Leave comments on our socials uh, or email oh, us at siblingrants at gmail.com. We've said that you didn't agree uh, with or whatnot. We're also happy to entertain those. It could spark future um, conversations and future rants. Um, we, you know, we're, we recognize that we're not perfect and we, we are sometimes going to say things that might end up being problematic in ways we didn't know um, and that our opinions are not going to agree with everybody. And we're happy to engage in those respectfully. Um, <laughs> you know, so, so we do encourage that. I would also, also say if you feel so inclined and you've been listening so far i'm gonna make a plug to write us a review on spotify or apple podcast or wherever you listen to our podcast because it does help us out so that'd be great thank you yeah thanks a lot friends thanks for listening uh you know <laughs> and i remembered the rant name of our actual podcast <laughs> i mean rant. it is also Go it's be. funny because we are siblings that rant so siblings rant does make sense but it is sibling rants because we rant multiple times you know it's fine <laughs> Bye. Yeah, whatever. <laughs>